Hey everyone, welcome to episode 99 of the Keep Rock Alive podcast. 99, so of course it has to be the legendary great one himself, Wayne Gretzky. God, I'm going to have to start thinking of a different a different shtick for this podcast now that I'll be in the hundreds for it. But um, let's start off this podcast this week with some good news. There's enough bad news in the world going around right now, and I'm really trying to to not just turn this podcast into reminding you about how much everything sucks right now, because let's be honest, it's a little difficult to find stories that are not COVID-related right now, but I don't want to fucking report on, and this was canceled because of COVID, and this person died because of COVID, so I got some things in the works and some ideas, but this week in case, in this case, I'm very happy because I'm able to connect the rock world to Tiger King. I know all of you, I hope all of you, have been um, binge-watching Tiger King while isolated, and um, sure, he sings the most beautiful country music of all time, but you know how I feel about country music, so he has to have a little bit of an exemption for to get into this kind of podcast, and he, he found it. We found the loophole. While running for the governor of Oklahoma, Joe Exotic was trying to get many different endorsements, and thanks to the success of the documentary, we got to find out to one of those um, this week, and that was Marilyn Manson. Marilyn posted last week a message that he received from Joe a few years ago while he was running for the governor. Uh, Marilyn apparently followed him on one of the one of the social medias, and so he got in return, "Hey, thanks for the follow." I'm running for governor of Oklahoma and trying to speak for the real people for a change and to get some point people to help with an addiction in this state that nobody cares about. Would you endorse me? Not asking for money, just to use your name as an endorsement. I'm surprised he'd say not asking for money because come on, Joe likes his money. But Marilyn simply responded with, nope, don't fuck with cats. But okay, Marilyn confuses us a lot of the times, but if you're against him because he's he's got all the cats and stuff, why would you follow him in the social, in Instagram or whatever it was in the first place? But, hmm, no idea. But if you did watch the documentary, you'll know that Joe was an absolute songbird. He's got the voice of an angel and the songwriting skills to match that. And sure, he may or may not have actually wrote those songs or sang them, but those are just minor details. And we don't care about minor details, do we? Well, in case you do, the actual credit goes to a band called the Clinton Johnson Band, a country rock duo from Vancouver, and they were commissioned to write and record the songs, and unfortunately, one of the members, Danny Clinton, one, uh, died unexpectedly last year in October 2019, but really, they never expected to actually make any money off these songs, well, beyond the like original payment from Joe, but... All of a sudden, their songs have been added to all the streaming services, and they're blowing up the charts. <laughs> yep. Uh, the, especially the, the song that's really blowing up, I Saw a Tiger. It was added to Spotify on March 30th, and since then, it's, hit, it's been a hit in all 79 countries where you can get Spotify. So the top countries for his music, and this one I found very surprising. So... In um, first place for most listens to his music, Denmark. Second place, UK. Third place, Ireland. Fourth place, Iceland. Then we go Norway, New Zealand, Australia, Sweden. 
And then in ninth place is U.S. and 10th is Canada. So I found that very surprising that U.S. and Canada wouldn't be first place. But unless, unless Spotify are just idiots and put the list in the wrong way or in the uh, opposite way, because that would make more sense if it went Canada, U.S. and then all those other countries. But as we're reading this, Denmark and the U.K. are the top two countries for Joe Exotic's music. And uh, according to TMZ, they reported that the states that, that um, love Joe the best North Dakota, followed by Mississippi, Montana, Kentucky, West Virginia, and the people who listen to his music the least, California. So that kind of explains everything you need to know about Joe Exotic, that the people who do and don't enjoy his music. All right, let's let's move on from Joe. That's enough country talk for this podcast. But if you haven't watched the documentary, definitely go watch it. It... You'll you won't know what to say. That's I'm trying not to give any spoilers, but just just go watch it. All right, so moving on now. By now, you all know how much I hate Ticketmaster, and ooh, they have had some bad PR during this whole pandemic. So, and so I love seeing that, and I will always report on when they when they uh, shit the bed. So, really, who knows when concerts will actually be back? Ugh, it's very sad. I'm trying not to read any of the reports because now all the experts are, not all, but some experts are coming out and saying we might not get concerts until fall of 2021. And I've seen one saying 2022. And ugh, when you you read these reports, it's like, well, all their facts kind of make sense. And so it's, they definitely could. <laughs> let's let's hope not. I know this is going to sound like a real first world problem, but this is going to be my first concert since my teenage years, really, where I didn't go to multiple shows all summer. Like last summer, I I went to. I'd have to look back, but it's usually between five to ten concerts per summer for me. So it's going to be a real big adjustment for me, and. Uh, so far, the ones that I've lost out on, Sebastian Bach was a few weeks ago, Rage Against the Machine coming up on Cinco de Mayo, Tail Creek's been cancelled, Ozzy's been cancelled, but that was a month ago, before all of this, uh, and then the Calgary Stampede. Uh, this That's the week I usually see, really, five to seven concerts, usually, and it's not cancelled yet, but I... I bet we're going to get the word any day now that it's canceled. It's it's the first um, first couple of weeks in July, and so it, that's not happening. Um, a side note, Germany just had to cancel all of their summer festivals. So the legendary walk-in open-air festival, which is on my concert bucket list to eventually go down there. And ugh, the ones that are really close to my heart, Rockheim Park and Rockheim Ring, they've, they've officially been canceled now that Germany's banned all public gatherings uh, up until the end of August. And so I I wasn't even planning on going this year, but Rockheim Park's my favorite festival. So I'm always sad when something happens to that. And my buddy Philip was supposed to go to that. So I'll have to, I should try to get him on there. Hmm, something to think about. Um, probably something I should have written down, not just giving you all, but that's okay. Um, but back to the matter in hand, Ticketmaster. They really screwed the pooch this past week, and it came to bite them back in the ass. So with all the concerts I had planned, all of them have been canceled. 
except for Rage Against the Machines. So that means they've all been refunded to me, except for the $200 for Rage. And personally, I'm fine with um, them holding on to my 200 bucks for that ticket and in hopes that we eventually get concerts back before Zach Delaroche decides he doesn't want to tour anymore. That's pretty much... I'm more concerned about Zach deciding he's not in for the reunion anymore before um, concerts come back. So that's my main concern. But other people would much rather have their cash back and it, and um, rather than it just sitting in limbo. And that's when Ticketmaster did what it does best. They tried to fuck us all. So Ticketmaster, in light of all these events, uh, made a retroactive change to their refund policy. Before, customers could get refunds to shows that were canceled or rescheduled, but under the new guidelines, refunds would only be um, issued for canceled events. So everybody, of course, was up in arms about this, and the internet was going crazy for a couple of days about this, but luckily some people in the government were hap- weren't happy about this either. Uh, so New York Senator James ooh, Scoofus? Scoofus, let's say, announced an investigation into business practices of a few ticket companies, including Ticketmaster, and asked the New York Attorney General to open an investigation into the company. As well as two Democratic members of Congress, Katie Porter of California and Bill Pascrell of uh, New Jersey. And they said Bill's been very vocal of um, his hatred of Ticketmaster in the past. So finally, some people in the government can actually do something. They came. They also came out against the government, or against the government, against the company, and which brought a whole lot of attention to it. So knowing shit hit the fan and they got caught, Ticketmaster had to put their tails between their legs and back down. Well, kind of. They will now open a 30-day refund window for canceled or rescheduled shows starting May 1st. But obviously, they're trying to encourage everybody to not ask for their money back quite yet. And if you don't request your money back for canceled shows, they're offering 150% of the ticket's value for future events. And if if you end up going to the show that was rescheduled, you'll receive some credits but a lesser amount. But that program only applies in the events in the U.S., so fuck them still. (laughs) Of course they're not trying to help us because nobody in our government's gone after Ticketmaster. But like I said, I'm fine. I I can hold off for a while because as long as I can eventually see Rage Against the Machine. But if you lost your job or whatever and have, or I know um, Jeremy, the guitarist from Monster Truck was all pissed off because he's like, I have over $600 worth of tickets wrapped up. And he's, he's like, if these eventually get rescheduled, I'll be back on tour. So I won't be able to use them. So hopefully the Canadian Ticketmaster will do something for their clients, but Ticketmaster, so probably not. All right, moving on. Uh, one of my favorite bands, The Trues. They're in the same boat as all of us, stuck around with nothing else to do. So why not release a new song? They had a song uh, that was already recorded called called uh, Godspeed Rebel, and uh, they were just kind of waiting for a release for it. They recorded it in the fall, and we're just kind of sitting on it. But with nothing else to do, why not release it now? So... If you're a Truce fan, definitely go check it out, Godspeed Rebel. And uh, since most new songs require a music video, they thought, why not go to the new normal? 
all five members got on a Zoom call and made a music video while playing their own instruments and uh, from their own home. So cool uh, new music video, and you get um, you get to see inside their homes and even get a cameo from John Angus's son. So cool new music video, and I'm always a fan of new stuff from the Trues. So go check it out. All right, so. When things eventually get back to normal, we're going to be getting all this new music and new tours and all that. And it makes you wonder about a band like Slayer. Sure, they just wrapped up their farewell tour, but are they actually going to retire? Even before, or sorry, are all the members going to retire? There we go. Uh, Even before the tour finished, Kerry King was asked about a newer guitar endorsement he just signed. And he just answered with, I don't think they're paying me not to play. So that just got everybody, all the rock conspiracy theorists, uh, wheel spinning. And we have our first rumor about what a new band could look like. Slayer's current drummer was having a Twitter exchange with the drummer of Shadows Fall when he dropped a bit of a hint. And we're at that point with Twitter that nobody's just going to be having a casual conversation. I feel like everything's very measured because... Because of stuff like this, no matter what you say, everything's going to be pulled apart and dissected. So I feel like he was trying to drop a hint here. It wasn't, if it was some giant secret, he wouldn't just be having a little public conversation about it. But when he was asked about any post-Slayer projects, he responded, yes, something is brewing. I'll give you three guesses. Then Jason uh, Bitters responded, Carrie, Gary, and Anselmo. Come on, everybody knows that now. So what's that translate to? Essentially, Slayer with the new lead singer, that being Phil Anselmo of Pantera. I'm really into that idea. Uh, Kerry King, the longtime guitarist of Slayer, and Paul Boschoff and Gary Holt were part of the last incarnation of Slayer. So really, all of them except for Gary. So you never know. But I like like having those little rumors around because Slayer's one band I would have loved to see and they just it just didn't happen. I try to see all the concerts that come through town, but even I can't see them all. And um, Pantera is another one. I'm a giant Pantera fan. I've seen Vinnie Paul, but never got a chance uh, to see anybody else. And I know Rex and Phil um, have come here at least once or twice is down, but it just hasn't worked out. So I would absolutely love to see those two guys uh, playing together. All right, moving on. We all know uh, Foo Fighters have been working on some new material, but we just got some news about the recording process. It's gotten pushed off for a very good reason. Ghosts. The band um, took over a 1940s property in Sino, California to record their upcoming LP and instantly knew the vibe was off. Right away, all their instruments would be detuned and tracks that they've been working on would be mysteriously deleted. Uh, Dave Grohl recently talked about it, and he said, When we walked into the house in Encino, I knew the vibes were definitely off, but the sound was fucking on. We started working there, and it wasn't long before things started happening. We would come back to the studio the next day, and all the guitars would be uh, detuned. Or the settings we'd been putting on the board, all gone. They had all been back to zero. We would open up Pro Tools sessions, and tracks would be missing. There would be some tracks that would be put on there that we didn't put on there, but just like weird open mic noises. Nobody playing an instrument or anything like that. Just an open mic recording a room. 
Dave even got to the point where he brought in nest cams. He said, I set it up overnight so we could see if anything was in there coming to fuck with us. At first, nothing, and right around that time, we thought we were ridiculous, and we were out of our minds. We started to see things in the nest cam that we couldn't explain. Then we found out about the history of the house. I had to sign a fucking non-disclosure agreement with the landlord because he's trying to sell the place. So I can't give away in what happened in there in the past, but there was multiple occurrences over a short period of time that made us finish the album as quickly as we could. So Dave has said that he's had a few run-ins over the years, including a house he lived in in, in Seattle and one time at the house where Sharon Tate was killed by the Manson family. Nine Inch Nails were in there recording, and when he went in there, he said the first occurrence there was when he was swimming. Then he said he instantly felt bad vibes and, pre- and felt really fucked up living with a ghost. So, And I've even heard Dave talk about seeing UFOs and stuff like that, so... Of course, if there's one person in this world who can see ghosts and can see UFOs and all that, of course it would be Dave Grohl. He is the coolest person in rock and roll. All right, so next up, I know I've already talked some shit about Ticketmaster, but their sister company, Live Nation, has done something good, so they deserve the credit. So one of the industries that is really being screwed with all this COVID is going on is the concert and touring industry and all the crews. Without any concerts happening, there is no work for any of them. And let's be honest, it's an industry where they're not really rolling in cash. So you do have to worry about these guys and girls. Most are contractors, and but uh, luckily someone has finally set up a fund for them. Uh, Live Nation has started a fund called Crew Nation to help touring and venue crews. They've also announced that they will match another $5 million dollar for dollar from donations from fans on Crew Nation. So, so far, they have the potential for $15 million in the fund, and even the president and CEO of the company, Michael Rapino, personally donated $250,000 to the fund. So, it's one good, um, one good initiative. So, some other funds that have been set up so far, listen to this one. Germany's GEMA, which... Um, translates loosely to the Society for Musical Performing and Mechanical Reproduction Rights. So they have a, they've set up an emergency fund worth $43 million for songwriters and composers. Woo. So that shows you how, um, how well taken care of uh, the, gov- the German government thinks of their, of their musicians and songwriters. I, I highly doubt any other country would be doing that. So... Over on this side, or on the other side of the world, Universal Music Group launched a multi-million dollar effort to help its artists. And then other companies like Warner Music Group, Amazon Music, Spotify, Tidal, Pandora, SiriusXM, YouTube have made sizable donations to the U.S.-based um, relief music cares. So these companies are stepping up for some people, which is good to see. So on top of that, Spotify will donate up to $10 million to coronavirus-related uh, causes. So whew, that's uh, I'm glad I support them with my $10 a month that it can go towards their $10 million uh, cause. All right, next up, we all remember that band Puddle of Mud, right? The last 10 years or so, the only times you heard from them was when lead singer Wes Scrantlin would do something stupid, usually on drugs, but from all reports, he's clean now. So 
I kind of do feel bad making fun of him about this, but you can't put something stupid up on the internet and not expect to be made fun of a little bit about it. So recently, he finally found some new guys who were willing to be in a band with him and wanted to show them off, so he did an acoustic show at SiriusXM, and that included a Nirvana cover of About a Girl. And, well, it's kind of gone viral, so take a listen to... We'll call it the highlights of his performance. There, I think you guys got the thing that. Yeah, he doesn't really nail that uh, Kurt Cobain, does he? Oof, that was a little rough. And believe it or not, the um, comments weren't too kind to him. Um, I think the best one that I read was, it sounds like he's going to shit his pants before the song's end. Or there's a lot of people claiming he's having an aneurysm. But hey, at least Wes isn't fucking himself up on drugs anymore. I just hope he doesn't read those comments because if you're in recovery and read the whole world making fun of you. <laughs> but next time, buddy, don't go. Don't try Kurt Cobain. Try something a little less skilled. Maybe try a puddle of mud more than a Nirvana. That could. Nobody's going to judge the bad singing in that one. Oh, never mind. <laughs> I don't know what to say to him then. All right. Before we reach the end and get to the Aussie news, let's check in with one of his uh, Black Sabbath bandmates, Tony Iommi. Recently, he announced that he was going to be selling off a whole bunch of his personal items to help raise money for the United Kingdom's National Health Service. My guess, he probably had some time on his hands to go clean out his basement, which most people are doing right now, because the items were a lot of rare items from throughout his career, and even a guitar in there. So... Uh, some things that I can remember off the top of my head, he had like a special edition um, of uh, the end or the Black Sabbath end album or the kind of rare edition with Ronnie James Dio. And so just stuff like that. So the auction went live this past week and he made a total of around $23,000. That's all converted from pounds with the highest-priced uh, item being a guitar that sold for £11,300, or $14,000. And, hell, if I had $14,000, I would buy Tony Iommi's guitars. That'd go well with the guitar picks that I caught when I saw Black Sabbath. I would be the ultimate Tony Iommi fan then. All I would have to do is cut off the tips of my fingertips. Then I could claim to be the ultimate Tony Iommi player. I have his guitar he's played, guitar picks he used, and missing my fingertips. Maybe not. All right, let's move on. Let's just get away from that. We've reached the end, and that just means it's time for Aussie news. And really, the only man who we should all be worried about right now is Ozzy Osbourne. I personally believe all necessary resources should just be sent to his mansion to keep him safe. The hospitals can make do, but as long as Ozzy's safe. 
earlier in this year, earlier in the year, he had to cancel his tour because he was going to go to Switzerland to be treated by a professor for his Parkinson's. The treatments were meant to help his immune system be at the best it can be, but the trip had to be canceled because of all of this, not surprisingly, but he did get one trip in. He went down to Panama for some stem cell treatments. So Kelly spoke about it recently, saying, after seeing one treatment of stem cells, what has happened in the process he's made is mind-blowing. He wants to get up. He wants to do things. He wants to be a part of the world again. He's walking better. He's talking better. His symptoms are lessening. He's building muscle strength back that he needs after his spinal surgery. So that is very good to hear. And I was laughing because the world's in lockdown. And then you get a report. Oh, Ozzy just made a quick trip down to Panama. And then he got back and he had to self-quarantine. So there was pictures because Kelly must still live with them. And so there's pictures of her on one side of their yard on, or sorry, on one side of the pool. And then Sharon and Ozzy with their dogs on the other side of the pool. And they all had their masks on. So it's, it's very good to hear. And if there's one thing that would help um, anybody really, it's stem cells. And so somebody rich enough to afford it. Very good that um, Ozzy did it. So some other news from uh, the Osborne world. Sharon shared some news on the talk that that um, the couple's daughter, Amy, who was the one who doesn't want to stay in the... Sp- or who wanted to stay out of the spotlight, uh, she actually had to be rushed to the emergency room for an emergency appendectomy. But she is now on the mend and starting to recover. So some other... Some news of Ozzy's children. Not, not just him on here. All right, so that's that's it for um, this podcast this week. Next week is, ooh, that's going to be episode 100. So I have a couple ideas. I can't just do the plain old thing. I need to do something special for you all. And with all this shit happening, I am exploring other things and other other ways of doing the podcast that are going to be not just doom and gloom and might be a little different. So stay tuned. Thanks. First of all, thanks for listening to the first 99 episodes. This is, it's a fun little project for me. It's keeps my mind busy and uh, something, something a little artistic to do. And so I appreciate everybody who's listened. Uh, Come say hi on any of the social medias. If you're new, um, I've got Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for Keep Rock Alive. So other than that, have a good week, everyone. Stay safe and keep rock alive.